Okay, I'm going to ask you, we're looking together in Isaiah. We're going to finish up today, and hopefully it's, uh, you, you have a, this passage, just a, a, a good appreciation of what it's saying, and I hope that we can uh, put it all together today. So chapter 9 of Isaiah, so there, if you turn to Psalms, uh, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon, then you come to Isaiah, right before Jeremiah, chapter 9. This is going to be verse 6. We may go ahead and read verse 7 while we're there. So let's look at together. Isaiah 9, verse 6, verse 7. For unto us a child is born, and to us a son is given, and the government will be upon his shoulder. His name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and peace, there will be no end upon the throne of David and over his kingdom to order and establish it with judgment and justice from, time, from that time forward even forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will perform this. And let's have prayer. Lord, bless us today. Help us as we sense your presence. And may you this day just be honored. And Lord, may you help us. Be excited about Christmas in spite of all that's going on and excited because of what it means and represents what's available to us because of Jesus Christ. I pray for your blessings and ask for your guidance now in Jesus' name. Amen. I heard about a couple that were shopping at the mall. And so, you know, you're limited on how how you can, how many people could be together and just all this stuff. And so that they... The husband went his own way, and the wife went her way, and she was doing all this shopping. And so finally, uh, she, was, she was about done, so she wanted to see where he was at. So she gave him a call, and she said, where are you at? And he said, well, you remember 10 years ago, he said, we were at this jewelry store, and you wanted this gold necklace? She said, yeah. And he said, and I told you then, we couldn't afford it. And she, her, you know, her heart began to sink a little bit, and she said, yeah. And he said, and I told you, you know, one day I'd buy you that necklace. She said, that's right. He said, well, I'm at the donut shop right next to that. <laughs> and we wonder why there's not peace. <laughs> well, all around us, there seems like there's problems and there's not peace. It's within homes, but it's on, the, it's on the news, within nations. New York Times had an article sometime back. It said, 30, out of the last 3,400 years, 3,400 years, 268 of those years, there's been peace. So all the rest of the time, war. There's been some type of war somewhere. So that means only 8% of the time is there peace. Someone has said that we've got in Washington, D.C., a lot of monuments for peace. In fact, we put one up after every war. Peace, it just seems like that it just continues to be missing. It's missing in the Middle East. People worry about China. People worry about Russia. Peace. People say, you know, I voted this way because I wanted peace. Is there, is, can you ever have peace? Let me give you, to start with this morning, five reasons why there's no peace. 
And there's not going to be, don't be misled about peace. So here's five reasons why that we don't have peace on earth. Now listen, it is important that you understand the re- these reasons because what's going to happen is, as we talk about the Prince of Peace, as we talk about Jesus Christ, you'll understand why we need Jesus. Why He is the Prince of Peace. So it gives us, it's important that we grasp these. So here's five reasons why there is no peace. The first one is that this world has been contaminated by sin. Sin has contaminated this world. What does that mean? That means that Genesis is true. So Genesis chapter 3, all the way back with Adam and Eve, what you see is the fall of man. You see sin coming into this world. Rebellion. Adam and Eve rebelled against God. And in doing so, sin was passed upon all of humans. And so, the book of Romans tells us, is just as one man's sin will come into the world and death by sin, and all of us then have been infected by sin. All of us. And it's not just we, us as humans, but all of creation. You know what Romans 20, uh, 8.22 tells us? That all of creation, nature itself, groans longing for the day when Christ will return to be able to restore things. Because nature has been so impacted and infected by sin. And so sin has contaminated this world. Here's a second reason. And that is that Satan is at war. Satan is at war with humans. He's at war with man. He's with, at war with people. Now some people, I guess if you... Look at the movies, cartoons. Sometimes people see Satan as a cartoon. Sometimes people see Satan as, oh, he's not so bad. Let me tell you what Jesus said about Satan. Here's a couple of verses. You might want to jot these down. Rome, or, excuse me, the Gospel of John, chapter 8, verse 44. Chapter 8, verse 44. And Jesus here, people were falsely accusing him. And so here's what Jesus responded. He said, you... Or of your father, the devil. And the desire, desires of your father you want to do. And then he says this, He was a murderer from the beginning. He does not stand in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaks a lie, he speaks from his own resources for he is a liar and the father of it. That's Satan. Now, Jesus also spoke about Satan in John 10. In verse 10, the very first of that verse, he speaks, he says, the thief, Satan's like a thief, he does not come except he comes to steal, to kill, to destroy. Now, why does Satan show up in your life? Why does the demon show up in your life? To steal, to kill, to destroy. Don't ever think that Satan likes you. Or don't ever think that, oh, I'm going to be able to fool him. I'm going to take from him and then I'll be gone. Listen, Satan has a goal. And that's to kill, steal, and destroy. And he has no truth. So he doesn't mind to lie to make things look good when it's not. So why 
is this world has no peace. Well, because we've been contaminated by sin. Because Satan is at war. And all of his demonic forces are at war with us. Here's a third reason. And it goes back with our first one. And that is our selfish human nature. We've been contaminated by sin. And so forth. sin was passed on to every single one of us. So guess what? You are born a sinner. But you're also a sinner by choice. Here's what Jeremiah 17, 9 says. It says, the heart, the heart is deceitful. Above all things, it's desperately wicked. Adrian Rogers one time was talking to a fellow and he asked him, he said, listen, are you a Christian? And the guy said, well, listen. He said, I have plenty of money. He said, I don't care about that. I want to know, are you a Christian? He said, well, I'm trying to tell you. He said, my house is paid off. All my cars are paid off. He said, I have almost have all the money that I'll ever need for my life. What does that tell you? And Adrian Rogers said, listen, I want to ask you a question. And will you be completely honest with me? That guy said, sure. He said, I mean... Will you look me straight in the eye and tell me from the depths of what's inside, will you be honest? The guy said, sure. He said, what I want to know is, do you have peace in your heart? Do you have peace with God? That guy said, well, listen, I, I told you, I've got everything that I need. But do you have peace with God? He said, that fella, all of a sudden, his eyes began to water a little bit, and he said, no, not really. How did you know? And Adrian Rogers quoted from Isaiah 57, 21, and it says this, there is no peace for the wicked. And you remember what Jeremiah said? Jeremiah 17, 9, the heart is deceitful above all, all things, and despicably, or, uh, dis despicably it's dis it is wicked. Desperately, excuse me, wicked. And so, our hearts are wicked because we have sinned. Our hearts are wicked. Do you, do you know that Jeremiah 17, 9 is actually the verse that our founding fathers, because that verse is true, our founding fathers said, mm, we're going to have three branches of government because we need some checks and balances. Do you know that's the reason we have the freedom of the press? Because they say, hey, we need some checks and balances. Because inside us, to our own, our hearts are wicked. And so as a result of that, there's no peace. There's no peace because we're dealing with a selfish human nature. Because Satan's at war. Because sin has contaminated this world. And we have a system set up of worldly standards. And what do you mean by that? I mean that the world, you know, when you, the world helps to set trends. Sets trends on what people wear, how people spend their money, the things that they do. And when Satan gets behind that, you know what happens? The world begins to put pressure on people to follow certain standards. And unfortunately, those standards go away from God. And here's what James said, James 4.4. 4. He said to be friends with this world is to be an enemy of God. Because 
the world turns things topsy-turvy. And all of a sudden, things that we thought were right are wrong. People that are seeking to do good are now called evil, wicked, and bad. And so the world has different standards in that we've got a system put in place that pushes those standards. And so as a result, there's no peace. And Here's a fifth thing. And that is, here's a reality. It's a scary reality, and that is of death. Death is something that's for certain. I don't care who you are, where you're at, you don't escape it. Eventually, everybody's going to face it. Death is certain. Here's what Hebrews 9, 27 says. It's appointed unto man once to die, then judgment. It's certain. And so because of all of these things, there is no peace. Now, what can be done about that? What can God do about that? And so, there's actually a rescue that's taken place to bring peace. And so, let's take a look at that rescue, and that's what this passage is all about that we're reading today. Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. It's about this rescue. And so, Let's go ahead and look at these names. Again, we've gone over some of them already. So let's just go, the first one, the Wonderful Counselor. What's that about? Well, we need rescue. And so the Wonderful Counselor, before all of this even took place, come up with a plan. It's the wisdom of the Wonderful Counselor. What was that plan? That man would fall, that there would be no peace, and peace needed to be brought to, to human beings, and so God would act. And how would he act? He'd come up with this plan that God would become a man. That's what Christmas is all about. The wonderful counselor, it's his plan. And so I read a few weeks ago, Philippians chapter 2, how that Jesus did not consider equality with God something to be grasped, but he humbled himself became a human being, was born into this world, and was obedient even to the point of death. Even death upon the cross. And so that was the plan. The wonderful counselor is God's plan. And Jesus come into this world. But, notice he's not just the wonderful counselor, he's the mighty God. Because his power would have to be seen for this plan to be carried out. And so Jesus wonderfully exhibited such great power in being able to withstand temptation, being able to withstand evil, being able to withstand the judgments of, of sin being placed upon him. As, as he took upon the sins, the evil, and the wickedness of all of us, and Jesus paid that price upon the cross, and then conquered death himself. And so... Certainly, you would call him the mighty God. Then he says this baby would be called the everlasting father. We seen last week it could be interpreted the father of eternity because Jesus has risen. He is alive. Here's what Jesus said. He said, I am alive. Him that liveth, that died, and I'm alive forevermore, and I have the keys of death and hell. In other words, I have the authority over Death and hell. He's the one that's in charge of eternity. That's why that the Bible can say 
God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life because he has the right to grant eternal life to human beings who are rebellious, wicked, but he's paid their price. And so those that have trusted him can be able to find peace. And so he is the everlasting father. And it says he's the prince of peace. See, as the prince... That means He's the one that's going to reign. And Jesus is the one that reigns and brings peace. And you notice that He talks about that there's one day the government's going to be upon His shoulder. Peace is all up to Him and there's going to be peace because of Him. You know what? That day's not come yet. But that day is coming. You know what? Jesus, after He rose again, He ascended back into heaven. And you know what the angel said? The angel said, listen, what are you guys gazing up here at heaven? This same Jesus that you saw going up, He's going to come back. He's going to return in like manner. And you know what's going to happen when Jesus returns? He's going to set up His kingdom. Justice will take place. Evil will be punished. Peace will reign. It's going to happen. And so He's going to be called the wonderful counselor, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. Now all of this has been fulfilled except for that last part. So, what about us today? How does this apply to us? What does it mean for us? And is peace actually available now in this evil world that we live in? that's contaminated by sin, that Satan has Satan on the warpath, that our own human nature fights against us. And this worldly system is gone away. Is there hope for us? Peace is what we see is actually in a person. It's in baby Jesus. And where Jesus Christ reigns, there is peace. So what can you do today? Here's what you can do. You can allow Jesus to be Lord of your life. And a person that's willing, to be able to come to Christ and confess their sin, repent and turn from that sin, and allow Jesus, ask Him by faith to be your authority, to be the one in charge of your life, you can have that peace. Even in the midst of chaos and all that's going on, you can have that peace. God loves you enough, wants to be a part of your life, that He's willing to grant you peace in the midst of wickedness and evil, you can have peace in your heart. That's what Christmas is about. So that as individuals, we can be able to find this peace. And so, that peace can be yours. It's, it can be granted to you when you call upon Him. And, listen, people today that have this peace, even though they face challenges in life, have you seen somebody and you say, wait a minute, if, I, if what was happening in their life was happening to me, I think I, w- I wouldn't be like them. I'd be, my world would be falling apart. How can they have peace when they're going through such loss? How can they have peace going through such grief? Here's how you have peace. Because when Jesus saves you, when He when you make Him Lord, the Holy Spirit indwells you. 
And He never leaves you or forsakes you. You're always in His presence. You always have a hope. And that hope is that there's a better place. There's a day that's coming. Not only does He never leave you or or, or forsake you, He always brings good out of situations. And so as a result, Paul calls it a peace that passes understanding. You can't hardly explain it. But boy, when you got it, you know it and other people know it because they see it. And you can have that peace. It's a free gift. A free gift. That Jesus Christ came to this earth specifically to be able to make available and to give you. You can also help others to have this peace. The Great Commission is what we're about We're about sharing this message. We're about sharing the gospel because it's the way that people get peace. And so as we share with other people and they surrender their lives to Christ, then they receive this peace. As families give their lives to Christ and they commit themselves as a family, that family has peace. As a church, as a community, as people begin to come to Christ, peace is available. And so we can help this world to be able to find some peace, at least some individuals, by sharing the gospel. Now, does that mean there's going to be world peace? There will not be world peace to Christ returns. But, He is returning. That day is going to happen. And when it happens, none of us can even imagine in our mind. It's beyond us how good it's going to be to be able to live with no threat of violence and peace to be found. Hey, let me go back and let me ask you the very question that Adrian Ardres asked that one fellow. And would you answer honestly? Would you search your heart and look honestly? Is there peace in your life? Is there real peace peace in your life. Now you may feel like, well, I'm pretty blessed. Did you hear me? Death is certain. Judgment will happen. Do you really have peace? Because Jesus came to grant peace. Remember the announcements that he made to the shepherd? It's a good news of great joy, but you know what it was? Peace has come into this world, and that peace is Christ. Not many have obtained that peace, but you can have it. But you have to humble yourself, and you have to confess that you need it. That I am a sinner, and that includes all of us. Our hearts are desperately, are desperately wicked. We've got to be able to turn from that and allow Jesus Christ, what He did on a cross to apply for us, receive His forgiveness, and allow Him to be in charge of our lives. You can have that peace. And I hope, I hope that you find that today. Let me have prayer with you. Dear Lord, I thank you so much for allowing each person that's here, each person that's listening, to be able to have this chance for your spirit to move upon them. And Lord, today is maybe someone's calling out to you. And they're asking for your forgiveness. They're asking for Jesus to be in charge of their... Lord, may your Holy Spirit, may your Holy Spirit just allow them to know that you're present. And may they just get that sense of peace. 
may they just sense now that those promises are now theirs. That gift is theirs. May they receive what Christmas is all about. This great gift. I pray your blessings. And Lord, may you allow each person, each person to be able to enjoy Christmas now. If not with their family, and just knowing that they're with you. I pray your blessings in Jesus' name.